Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. In collaboration with Pacify Health, this month's episode's focus will be on the doulas. You'll hear conversations with four Pacify doulas getting a chance to reflect on the other side of birth. Today, we meet Yasmin Baskin. Yasmin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay. Um, I am born and raised in LA. Um, I have two children and yeah, we just, (laughs) we've been rocking and rolling for a while. My boys are older. My eldest is 16 and my youngest is seven. Well, how did you get here? How has your journey, your doula journey unfolded? Okay. So I would say that from young, um, I've been like the baby girl. Like whenever there's babies, I was always the babysitter in my family as far as like my cousins and stuff like that. Um, I've always wanted to work with babies. I just didn't know the variety of, you know, uh, positions or careers there were. And, um, I went to university thinking, okay, I'm going to be a, a gynecologist or a pediatrician. But then I was like, oh my God, I don't think I can do like, I love everybody, but I don't know that my heart can take working with sick children. I think I would come home and cry every day because it would just hurt me. So I realized like, okay, maybe that's not it. Um, And so I decided I was going to be a teacher. Fast forward, probably, I don't know, like 10 years. And then I have my first son. I was pregnant. And I I was seeing an OB. And then I decided, I was like, born at home. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, yeah, because you're not sick. You're not dying. You're not going for surgery. Yeah, that makes sense. That's so cool. I'm going to do that. So I have this gnawing inside of what do, what do you what do you what are you doing? Why are you going to see this man? He doesn't have a vagina. Um, this is not why I feel like my son was talking to me. This is not why I picked you. Like we're supposed to do this at home. Eventually, I did um, go into the care of a midwife. It was the best decision I feel like I made for myself. It was very empowering. So much so that after I had him, I was like, oh my gosh! Like everybody needs to know about this. And not necessarily from the, oh, everybody should have a home birth with a midwife perspective, but just to know that there are options and there are ways that you can prepare yourself to feel comfortable, confident, and empowered um, throughout the pregnancy and birth experience. And so I became a doula within a year of giving birth to my first son. And so that was like the starting place for me. Um really, you know, stepping out into this birth worker world. And so it's been a very interesting, fun, adventurous journey. Um, As I went to many doula trainings, birth and postpartum, I started a midwifery program, dropped out, (laughs) um, decided to do lactation um, because I found that when I was working as a postpartum doula full-time, the that much of the challenge was around breastfeeding, you know? And so I, I, I found myself doing a lot of breastfeeding support in that role of a postpartum doula. And so I started, you know, getting more into that um, type of postpartum care um, with families. And so I've gone around the world 
and back doing um, trainings and a little bit of work here and there with moms and um, and most recently, you know, starting to work with Pacify um, during the COVID, you know, period, which we're still in, but, you know, the height of it. Um, and so this has been interesting and fun as well. And just knowing that I can touch a lot of lives um, virtually um, via breastfeeding and doula support. So that's me. <laughs> and Yasmin, and just thinking of your experience as a doula and especially with Pacify now, do you remember like your first virtual birth experience? So I have gotten, as far as virtual births, I haven't done any virtual births. So I haven't gotten any calls for moms like actively in labor. I get a lot of prenatal calls, um, but nobody who's actively been in labor. So then let's reflect a little on your first birth that you ever attended. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Um, the first birth I attended was actually my friend. Um, it was her second birth and it was a home birth. Um, it was really, I feel like it was really aligned. Um, the baby was so polite and waited on her midwife to arrive. <laughs> um, but it was, I remember preparing her, you know, taking information by, she had had a, a home, uh, a hospital birth with her first baby. And actually this was her third baby. Yeah, this was her third baby. So she had had two hospital births and this was her first home birth. And so I remember preparing, taking information by just meeting with her, talking to her about her concerns, her support team, who was going to be there, all of those things, kind of working on a birth plan and addressing what are the possibilities at home um, that may not have been possibilities for the births in the hospital and how to prepare her physically, emotionally, psychologically, um, energetically for what that experience may be. And for the actual birth, it was it feels like it was really fast, but I know like I was there from like in the middle of the night, you know, went over there in the wee hours. Um, she was able to walk around. She was eating. We had music. There was just this really beautiful um, ambiance of freedom for her to just labor in whatever way she felt comfortable so I was there, her partner was there, her midwife, she had another friend um, whose home it was. Um, and it was just, it was like really perfect in that um, she felt really comfortable and she labored well. And she she knows that everybody that was there with and for her was were people that she knows love her and were in alignment with the birth that she wanted to have. Um, the midwife wasn't there yet, so she was just laboring. And then she got right up to the moment of like, literally the baby was starting to crown and the midwife like walked in the door and, um, and then literally like walked and washed up, put her gloves on and the baby, like the head came out at that point. So, um, that was just really, I don't know, just. I don't even think I have any words. It was just like, wow. 
right? So that was my first birth for me was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is so amazing just to see how the energy flowed um, and how the support was there for her to just feel safe and comfortable. Um, and everybody was, you know, really prepared. We had all the little plans in place in the event that she needed to go to a hospital, but it was, it was great. Um, and she didn't need any medical intervention or anything like that outside of the midwifery care that was provided. So I feel like she walked away really empowered and I felt really good that I was able to help her. And it was, um, and everybody was black. That makes me happy <laughs> because, um, that from my personal birth experience, that wasn't my, my situation, my experience. So I was happy the midwife was black. Her doula was black. Her friend was black. The babies was black. She black. And it was just like, yes, we're doing this. It's beautiful. That's important though. Um, to note in that the feelings of familiarity, um, within a space of not having to feel like you are, um, putting on for someone else or that you feel comfortable and you're already in your own home, in your own space, and then bringing people in that look like you, sometimes it just feels a lot more like family, not to say that everyone that looks like you is going to have your best interests um, in mind, or that people who don't look like you won't have it. But there is something to um, showing up in a space and being like, okay, I can be authentic, I can be my true self, um, without at least thinking or feeling like someone might judge you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I feel that when I'm on Pacify too. <laughs> um, like when I'm when I'm when I'm taking calls and I see sometimes the moms kinda go like, Oh. Um and I don't I can't say what the response is when somebody else answers or even when I worked in a hospital um, setting, you know, I would go in the room and it's like, oh, hey. And I'm like, oh, I'm a lactation consultant. And, you know, like they're excited, you know, to see a brown face. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Sometimes like I've never even seen a black lactation consultant. It's some, you know, some rare, some rarity. Um, but I feel that and I see that when when I'm on the app as well, you know, of, of moms being like, oh my gosh. And so sometimes I'll do a little like, hey, you know, at the end, I'm so glad you called. And just a little acknowledgement, you know, after we get through the business of what they called about to just say, I'm happy to see your brown face, you know, you're breastfeeding or that you're using your resources or whatever, because I feel like it's important. Um, and it can be challenging being pregnant or having just had a baby and, um, you know, everybody has a different level of support. And even when we have all of the people to support us, you can never have too much. So <laughs> we all know the face that we make when we see it, when we're like, oh, there's my people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can visualize and just it right the, now. Just those you... <laughs> things. Yeah. It's like just those things of like some points of relatability, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, just things that people say that, you know, your grandmother said, or, you know, whatever, you can make these references. And it's like, okay, I can say it to you the way I know you, you're probably gonna, you know, get it and understand. Like, I'm always like, yeah, you know, 
bottle feeding sometimes is like when you go to your grandmother's house for Thanksgiving and you eat all the turkey and the and the macaroni and cheese and the greens and you sop it up with with some with a biscuit with a what do you call it a cornbread muffin Mm-hmm. And then you'd be so full, right? And you'd be like, oh, God, I'm so full. But you look over there, you're like, oh, she made peach cobbler and pecan pie? <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to go get some. And, like, the moms are like, it's relatable. They know that. Yes. They know the itis, right? Yes. Now, sometimes I may use the analogy. I use some different entrees, you know? So I, 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 I'm versatile. I make it relatable to everybody. I may talk about what happened when you go to buffet. We all know what happened when we go to buffet. We overeat. <laughs> but, you know, with Sister Girl, I'm going to be like, now, you know, you see that peach cobbler, you're going to be like, oh, I need some of that. So it can be fun and informative and, you know, all of that and, and relatable. And so that makes yes. me feel good that they see me and I see them. Like, there's just that that acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, especially when we're talking about things with our bodies or things that are with our families. And we have talked um, sometimes on this show about how sometimes you're saying exactly, you're explaining to a care provider what's happening to you, but you're using what you know how to describe it, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and so they've have this box in their mind about what it should sound like, but it's so much easier when it can be relatable, um, and easier to decipher. Like, I mean, yeah, we're speaking our own language, um, on how, how things come across, um, just to be easier to be like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying based on that analogy. Um, rather than trying to figure out how do I make this make sense, but I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So what are some gems that you've, you've learned from your clients? Boy, I have learned how hard we can be on ourselves as women. Um, and so it reminds me to be gentle with myself and compassionate with myself. And also helps me to, when, when I'm talking with moms, it helps me to remember that place in myself that is vulnerable and that is soft and that is, um, that needs compassion and patience. And in that, like, I remind them as well that it's okay to be vulnerable and this is a really intimate um relationship that you're building with yourself and with your baby um that you're growing or that you've just birthed and um and it's okay to not know everything because I feel like as black women in particular it's a lot I gotta do all I got I got it I can and I'm like no sit down ring your bell baby ring your bell (laughs) ring your bell because when you have a baby what I realized this right here sticks with me When women have a baby, and particularly, I don't want to say all, but many of the women that I have seen that are Black mothers, this is one of the only times that people are knocking on the door, bringing food. Do you need something? Do you need help? What can I offer? 
And what I also see in some of those cases is I can do it. I don't need help. I got it. Um, and this is particularly when I first became a doula. I feel like in the last 15 years, I've absolutely seen transition where I'm like, oh, I got black clients. Hey, girl. I'm so excited. Like, I really, I remember the first black family that I visited as a doula. And I was like, oh, as a postpartum doula in this regard. Um, but just the help, like the idea that we don't need help. That stands out to me. And so I'm always like, it's okay for somebody to help you. It's okay to not know. It's okay to be confused or overwhelmed. Like, let that energy move so that you don't have to hold it in. Um, so that's that's one of the big things is that is the help or the support. Um, and just... That babies slow you down, but not in a negative way. I literally was having this conversation, um, I don't know, I think last night with somebody about how, you know, the brain changes with pregnancy and, and we're made to sometimes feel like, oh, you got mommy brain. Oh, that's a bad thing. But it's like, no, your body is intelligent and shifting to align you with your optimal priority for when your baby comes, which is going to be to take care of yourself and this tiny person that's relying on you 110%, right? So that whole idea of like, oh, I'm not smart anymore because I can't do. But it's like, no, but you can. This is this is the new you. This is the the rebirth of yourself in this new way that you didn't even know. You didn't even know this person existed. And now you're learning her and you're learning your baby. So, yeah, those are the things that I find um, recurring in my experiences with moms that I'm reminded of myself and also able to, you know, be um, to, to give some support to them in those areas. That was beautifully put. Just... As I can be guilty of that sometimes too, of thinking like mommy brain, like, man, I used to be amazing. I used to hit all these marks and do this and that. And it's like, no, I'm amazing because there are three humans thriving in my home. And I do that. We do that. <laughs> Let's see. Do you recall a birth or prenatal, prenatal experience that transformed your practice? I do. I feel so. I was, um, I was living in Texas and I was a student midwife um, for a short period of time underneath um, the wonderful grand midwife of Hassan of the birthing place. I love, love her, love her. Um, and was I pregnant? I think I was pregnant. I was pregnant and this mom, she came in and she just, she was an inspiration to me because she was just so free with her labor. And it was like so empowering for me to watch her um, just with the comfortability with her body and just, she didn't have, you know, a whole bunch of gadgets and things. I was just kind of like, 
okay, we're there. She, we, we here with you. Whatever you want to do, you want to walk, you want to dance. And she just danced it out. This was before all of the, you know, there's all these videos of moms dancing and labor, which I think is a beautiful and amazing, but she just was like in her thing like that, you know? And that made me feel like I want to find out with each mom that I'm working with, what makes her feel the best, right? What makes her feel so free? What does she like to do? Does she like to dance? Does she like to sing? Um, does she like to paint? But to encourage her to incorporate some of those activities, whatever they may be, in her early labor, right? Because I find like sometimes people get, you know, we get excited and then we get nervous and then we get excited and then we get nervous. So in thinking about the things that couples can do either together or moms can do by themselves as like that project thing that they tell you to do, like when you're in a childbirth education class, like, oh, find a project. But making the project something really personal for them that they really enjoy that can also lead them into feeling more calm and comfortable as the labor progresses. So watching her just in her element, because she liked to dance, was like, okay, I can encourage moms to incorporate this aspect of something that they enjoy as part of their early labor um, activities. Um, yeah, I would say that's one of the highlights um, as far as like transforming how I approached, um, you know, labor preparation or labor if I was there with a mom. How does Pacify fit into your doula journey now in the sense of providing, um, going from providing in-person to virtual support? I would say um, my experience thus far is pretty much like the educational component um, as a virtual doula, because I, those are the calls that I generally get is about, you know, questions about, oh, you know, why do I have heartburn or, you know, what's going on? So providing that education. Um, as far as it fitting into my doula practice, um, it fits nicely because I'm still working with women. Um, I may not see them, excuse me, in person, but the the interface between that with the app is still very helpful. I feel like it's valuable because it allows women who may not be able to afford or have access to or don't have enough time or whatever the factors are that would not allow her to be able to select a doula um, during her pregnancy. This app really is helpful and it's convenient for moms to call in for a quick question or I'm at the doctor's office and this is what they're telling me, you know, what does that really mean? Or I'm fully in labor and I need some help in this moment. Um, so I think it's a really valuable tool um, particularly for, for women of color. I feel like it's, it's something, especially because they, they're partnering with the, like Medicaid and different things like that, where you have absolutely like exponentially more access to resources and support than what the actual Medicaid in-person experience would be. So I think it's, it's really important. And I've seen actually quite a few moms of color, which makes me really excited that they're using the resources available. Um, and then I get to see their face. <laughs> so. Access. Give access. <laughs> Making it available in whatever form that 
it can be. I think we, you know, we always say that there's a doula for everybody um, and being able to find a match that fits you, but also the way, a way that fits you, right? I think this just gives more options um, and accessibility for families and getting the support that they need. Um, So I love that. The work of doulas is valuable. And for some people, it's not only valuable, it's also expensive, right? Um, There's, there's really, it's a priceless gift. It's one of those things that each person sets their own rates, and they can only go so far. And there's lots of different ways that people become um, disenfranchised from being able to use it. And so looking at the way that it allows people to tap into sub- this type this type of support like like that at the snap of a finger like the tap of a um your phone is just you can't put a price on it and i i just i love it i love it for people that whether you you can't afford some parts of it. maybe somebody can afford to have postpartum but they can't do both right and there's there's just different ways to to have that access just like Laurel was saying like you can't it's just, I mean, I don't know what else there is to do. I mean, birth workers literally crowdfund to help support families um, because they still have to get paid for their work. And I I think one of the things I love about Pacify is that they value the doulas as well. It's not just a, um, a, a consumer-driven thing. Like, it's that it's both and. Like, the, the care providers that are supporting the people are just as important to them. Yes as the people they support. I wholeheartedly agree. I really, really enjoy working at Pacify, working with them because, I mean, the administration and staff is just really, really supportive and they get it. That That is like what you're saying is like Pacify gets it, right? It's not just like, oh yeah, we got this thing and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna plug plug in doulas and lactation consultants and we're going to create this platform. Like, no, like they actually really get it. Like the conversations that I've had with some of the staff and administrators, like they understand what the challenges are and they understand that they're fulfilling a need, um, not just for one demographic, but every woman like needs to be able to have that. Like I can push the button and call and get help on the line at 2.30 in the morning because I'm not feeling my baby move right now. Should I go to the hospital or whatever those things are? Because it's important and it's and it's health related. Um, and these, this, these are the women that are birthing the future, right? These are the families. And so if we don't feel like we have support, like what the heck, <laughs> what the heck are we doing? You know, so I, I agree with you, Danny. Like it, it really is that pacify gets it and they're they're filling these these gaps um with wonderful support members um that are that we're all you know as doulas lactation consultants doing really good work that's really important um and i'm glad that i was able to partner with them to you know provide this service to more women than than i thought i would ever be able to provide you know you do several calls in a day and it's like wow that's so cool i was able to help you know numerous women in one day more so than you know working with one client um long term so is there anything else 
that you would like to share with our listeners, whether it be advice, um, anything else from the births that you've attended, just anything that you want to leave them with? I think what is um, what I would like to just add on goes to the the support and the help um, to look for look for opportunities where maybe somebody is wanting to help. Um, and this may be more for like after the baby is born, you know, what are things people are asking you, do you need, or think about the things that you might need after you have your baby. So when people ask you, cause I think we put a lot of emphasis like on the birth, uh, the baby shower. And then once the baby is born, there are still things that parents maybe don't know that they need or help that they could use that they don't realize can really be helpful. Like if your cousin is asking what you need and they're a teenager or a young person, they can maybe come by and walk your dog twice a week. Or, you know, like if your auntie makes a great casserole before you have the baby, ask her, oh, you know what, can you make me a casserole? And then just have her put it in the freezer. Or people just drop by food. Um, or go pick up the dry cleaner for your partner. It's small things, but it takes the weight off of uh, the new mom from having to think about these things. And the last thing is, I've gone a lot of different places and work with midwives and doulas and birth workers, and I've studied different cultural practices uh, for the postpartum care. And one thing that I've noticed is that many of the practices are very similar, which is stay warm, um, keeping socks on, keeping your chest covered, drinking warm teas and broths and nutritionally dense foods that are light, um, not heavy and not cold. Um, and a lot of those things, is in, and I can speak for the African-American community as myself and my family, um, but a lot of those rituals that are for postpartum, I feel like are being eradicated with um, this infusion of like new things, right? That are actually not necessarily helpful to the healing new mom. And so I encourage women to talk to your mother, talk to your grandmother, your aunties, find out what are the things that they were doing uh, after the birth after a woman gave birth, the, the whole 40 days, people may go, oh, I gotta stay inside. Why do I have to stay inside for 40 days? And I'm always like, but where are you going though? <laughs> like, where are you going without your baby in real life? Like, where are you, what you about to do? <laughs> so just, I encourage you listeners, talk to your moms, talk to your aunties, talk to your grandmother, if they're still um, around. Um, to find out what did they do, the belly binding, that ain't new. That's not new. Um, you know, all of these different things that are like stylish and trendy and baby wearing and all of that, that ain't new. We've been doing it, been doing it. So find out what your family traditions are. And, and I would say also in relationship to breastfeeding, there are certain foods that some cultures say, oh, this will help with your breast milk. Instead of going way over here to this other culture to find out what they're doing, find out what your grandmama them was doing. If it makes sense to you and you know that they breastfed and they've had a good breastfeeding experience, it might 
your body might be more responsive to that. Those are the women that you've come from. So if their bodies responded to it, it's maybe more likely, might be more likely that your body may as well. So, and um, yeah, black lactation consultants and black doulas, we out here. So, and we love y'all and we want to see y'all's faces. So thank you. That's, that's it. Yes, all of that. Yes. It's it's funny because Laurel and I are deeply into this space right now for ourselves in postpartum um, support. And so when we hear you like that confirmation, of course, and just all these going back and getting the things that we already know or, you know, reaffirming that for our families, like you don't have to go do these things things right (laughs) so much is right within you right within your family um there's a lot to be just celebrated right within our families Mm -hmm. and that's important to to say it out loud and for people to hear that like that your mom telling you to stay home for six weeks or you know it doesn't come from out of nowhere it is not (laughs) it is literally a tradition across the world and especially within indigenous societies across the world like this is nothing new the urgency to go to target pull back (laughs) like really they deliver now boo you really don't even have to go there's nothing you can't have (laughs) delivered to your door like in hours (laughs) everybody delivers call me i'll go to target for you like whatever (laughs) but that's that's the thing of like it it it's like having your baby slows you down but it it's like a slowdown of like getting back to yourself, getting into yourself and not in an egotistical way, but really in my opinion is like to me, feminine energy is not fast in all of this. I got 99 things to do and I'm out here, right? It slows you down to be able to focus mm-hmm. on what's important one, but also when we're quiet and still, we can hear, we can feel, and you need to be able to feel to make the connection with your baby, to make the connection with ourselves, and to be able to like conceptualize how we want the world to be for this new little baby that we just birthed. Um, but if we're out you know, being an octopus with tentacles everywhere, touching on everything, like when are we going to have that centering space to, to realize or to be able to kind of like visualize what we want for our family, for our baby, for our world through the life that we just brought, brought into this realm. So I feel like some things, some things are, yes, absolutely we need to remember we need to bring it in we need to like have these conversations more about well what does your family do like a few weeks ago my son was talking to his little friend and they were talking they went on like some little herbal adventure and like went and looked at um some nursery to see like what kind of healing plants they had right and they came back i'm like oh well, what did they have they were like they just had plants like none of them were like healing and they were kind of talking about that and like That doesn't even make any sense. Like, why are they selling just random plants? Anyway, so they started talking about being sick and how one of them, the mom, would cut up onions and put it in the sock on the bottom of of the feet. 
And then my son's like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh, these show people. That's right. You're in the right group because we have, y'all have all had that. <laughs> we in an all had your mom putting some onions on the bottom. And it's like, how does it work? I don't know, but it works. <laughs> it works. Just like cabbage leaves in the bra. <laughs> I don't know all the details, but baby, it weren't. So it's those things. Like we need to talk about it, share about it. If it's working, try it. If people want to do more research, they can. But I feel like there's added value in your own cultural experience and cultural history. Um, and there's medicine in that that you can stand on top of firmly um, without having to get off of your square um, to go and explore something else without first having knowledge of who you are and where you came from and what you got in your bag. What's in your bag? So check your bags out, ladies. Check your bags out. I'm going to say this, and I want everybody to hear me clearly when they listen to this. I am in no way saying that evidence-based information isn't important. Just everybody hear that. I say this next part <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we don't need all the data the stats in the journals to confirm that something does what it's supposed to do there is evidence in that type of history and that type of um, support so yes we may not understand why do onions do what they're supposed to do? And maybe there's somebody out there who has the scientific information to lay that out. Or we may not fully understand, um, what's another one? Why the cabbage leaves is doing what the cabbage leaves is doing. But we know on our history what's been passed down through storytelling and through, through family care and community care that those things do what they're supposed to do. That that's still valuable and it's still important. Um and it was done for a reason, right? Um, and later, someone will probably write a journal about it or make it feel more evidence-based. But I just want people to know that, like, you don't always, it doesn't always have to come in that format for it to be valuable. Um, and I just feel like we're in this, this space where we do have access to all this information. And we have very brilliant minds doing um, <clears throat> very high academic work that I think we sometimes forget the power in that type of care i don't want nobody coming for us talking about they said yeah. it's not what we through. said exactly <laughs> nobody said those things sometimes the evidence is just in there you go boom right say it again well, daddy it is it is <laughs> <laughs> that part and some. All right, we gonna stop recording because I'm not. The... They don't. They're not ready for all of it today. Okay. Okay. Small doses. Small doses. No, but that's true. Okay. I, I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> co-sign on both of the statements. Um, because you know what my what I say to to moms is. You know, it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of gadgets and oh you're a oh you're a first time mom, you need this and they'd be like, Oh, do I need my my special pillow? And I'm like, that girl, if 
honey, which what you want it, use it. If you don't have one and you want to get one, get one. It's not gonna make or break the experience. Guess what? Your grandmom and them did not have a special pillow. They they worked it out. You know, they they did what they did and they made sure things got taken care of. The baby was eating and they didn't have a special pillow. Um, and some uh, institutions are as old as my grandpa, who is about 90. Um, but human beings are, you know, we've been around and we didn't have all of these other institutions. So my mind goes, I'm one of those people that think about like, well, what about the other side? Because if some of these institutions were, and not that they're not valued or needed, because we all will need one, you know, at some point for something, but my mind goes, okay, if these institutions are fairly new and as old as my grandpa, then what were people doing before? Because human beings have been on the planet for X, Y, Z, and people have been birthing for X, Y, Z, uh, eons or milu or whatever you want to track it by. And so something don't add up. Some math is off for me. Some math is off just a little bit because I'm like, well, there's something in the human experience that has, that has been working for us to still be here. Line of, of life. That's it. And, and, you know, and I, and I, and I always am curious about, well, what were human beings doing before this? What were human beings doing to sustain ourselves and our lineages to get through this point? And particularly, um, as black people, you know, uh, the experience is, uh, is different. So, you know, how were we moving and navigating and who were the baby catchers and the doulas and the, you know, who were the helpers um, and how do we navigate without these institutions? So there's, there's a lot of value in that for me as a black woman, as a black birth worker, what was my folks doing to get us through? Cause we came through a whole lot. Um, and so I, I love being able to stand on that, you know, especially knowing that in many cases, the odds were against us. And we see that even now when we look at the black infant mortality rate um, and maternal morbidity rate um, in the U.S. in particular. So, yeah. They ain't ready, but thank you. They getting ready, though. They, they, they getting ready. And you know what? It's okay for people not to be ready. Because, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people like, we're going to do what we do. And you don't have to be ready because maybe you're not ready. Because if you said you were ready, maybe you would mm -hmm. just be doing something else. Like, that, you know, is counterproductive. And that's okay. Because honestly, really and truly, my heart of hearts, I, I'm like, I don't need you to be ready. I need to be ready. I need to be ready. I have to know what it is and what it ain't. I have to know how to move and navigate mm -hmm. and be aware of what I can stand on as truth and what I can share and with whom and how and when and who is ready to receive it. That's we that that's what's going to blow grow and blossom right is that like this connection here is like okay we see all right yes you see what it is yep. you know what it is and so and then people yep. gonna be like oh wait a minute what are they talking about what? 
you know, and those who are ready, you know, <laughs> they're going to show up. So it's yep. all good. Well, thank you very much for sharing today. We are. Thank you for grateful. having me. It's been, it's been a nice yes, treat. Thank you. Um, chatting yes. with you all. I, I really appreciate you all holding space for these conversations um, and sharing knowledge and introducing topics and people and, you know, um, incorporating Pacify because otherwise I wouldn't have even had this opportunity to, to be here with you guys. So I'm really grateful for this experience and keep doing what you're doing. You guys do beautiful work. Um, and I'm glad that you are, what do you call it? Um, I don't know, like sharing. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but that you're on a platform that anybody can, you know, access and um, and get more information and find out about various resources that are available, particularly to uh, Black women and women of color. So thank you. Yes, received. <laughs>